issue number two, Panic at the North Pole. I'm Matt Durson. I'm G.I. John Hunt. That's my Snake Eyes impression. Clay Inferno right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome back. This is our second. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Snake Eyes. Yeah, this is a, a, what we discussed earlier and what, what we consider a key issue in the G.I. Joe uh, world, or at least to me, mostly for the first appearance of Quinn, who was a favorite of mine as a... The mighty Quinn. A, yes, Quinn the Eskimo, who we will see you know, later on pop up. <laughs> Some of the, the terminology they used to, to describe the Eskimo in this... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Our blubber like, eating pal and stuff yeah, like know, that. That's what you're talking about. <laughs> hey, it's, I mean, point. it's true or whatever. You know what I mean? The, like, yeah. Things were a little bit more loosey goosey with cultural racial things back then. And I bet Larry Hama wasn't, that did not mean any offense. He's a Asian American Pacific Islander himself, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, this was August 1982. So, yeah, things were definitely a little different. A little loosey-goosey uh, back then. A loosey-goosey, as we like to say. Oh, that's a little offensive to gooseys. <laughs> call, them, call them loosies. They're called yeah. they. Yes. The other interesting thing, I guess, about this is apparently this is the first time they actually mention or make any reference to Snake Eye's face being disfigured. Yes. Which is right. I mean, not the first time. They've only had one issue before this, but they never mentioned in that issue that he's disfigured. In fact, they go all like, oh, you know, that comic. Imagine thing. how, like, anytime you walked into a room, everybody just was like, I'm going to throw up. I'm like, oh, man, that's got to do something to your self esteem. They're pretty I don't feel like him. Snake Eyes would, wears it as like a badge of honor, though. Yeah. You know, like, I yeah. really gross people out. But it's then awesome. when you see his face, it's yeah. like in, when they finally do reveal it and. Future. I think that was, yeah, M.D. Bright, issue 92 bad. or something. It was yeah, like, like, he kind of looked like Clint Eastwood, who, however, like, thousands of years old he was at the time when that issue came out <laughs> in, like, 93. Like, he was probably 93 at the time. Now he's, like, 3,010. But yeah, he, uh, he kind of looks like Snape. He kind of looks like Clint Eastwood with, like, somebody cut his face a couple times, like, but real and, good. And his, yeah, he's got, like, a big eye. You know, yeah, yeah, big guy, big guy, and that's and I, I'm like, that's not that's not disgusting. Yeah, that there? guy in issue two puked. Oh my god, that face. <laughs> well, I, okay, I yeah, I remember thinking like, I wish they never showed it. I don't know why. I mean, who cares? But like, I think so too. I, but I, you know, I mentioned it in my letter, issue number one ten, <laughs> postbox oh. the pit. I That'll think. have to be a key issue, huh? Clay's yeah, letter. yeah, <laughs> yeah. In in the year. 2525 when we get up to the 100. <laughs> yeah, that's the same year that the Secret Monkey is from. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Maybe we'll do some time travel thing. Yeah. And, uh, Would you guys like race. to to uh, hear the plot synopsis from GRJ.fandom.com? Uh, as, as humans say, lay it on me, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as Durson mentioned, the first appearance of Quinn. Quinny. Yeah. The personal interests of some of the G.I. Joe members are spotlighted in this story. Stalker is shown photographing wildlife. Breaker. I, that, can I just, I, I don't want to, I just want to interject. I think it's actually kind of funny because they make it seem like he's hunting and he's going to Yeah, like shoot and yeah like, that's, he's like, 
that's something I was going to talk about too because all uh, stalker has to do is come over to my backyard. We always have deer here. <laughs> There's like five of them that run around. There are certain <laughs> things that I remember so like I I'm so immersed in this story like I almost picture it like a movie in my head, you know, like and I think about like when I first read this issue I was like, yeah, that's so cool because you think it's you know, because, well, when I was growing up and all into G.I. Joe, I was thinking about, like, being in the military and, like, shooting stuff with a gun and rifle, you know, gun barrels, James Bond, all that stuff. And then you're like, oh, they switched it around. He's actually just shooting his camera. Mm-hmm. I love so, all that stuff. I like that. I'm glad they – probably as a kid, pro- yeah, I was probably like, shoot the thing. But as know. a kid, I probably would have been like, oh, yeah. But as an adult reading this again, I was like, I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. They like, Although I, I was do... like, they're a little loosey-goosey back then. Maybe it's not going where I think it's going. Oh, those gooseys. But <laughs> also I feel like this is like weirdly influential on like TV storytelling and stuff. It was like everybody gets told that their leave is up, but they're all in the middle of doing something. So they cut to each one okay. of the members yeah. of the team. It's like an episode of Mask. Yeah. <laughs> full armored <laughs> strike. Mask! I have some interesting things to say uh, later on about Larry Hama and the animated series that I didn't know until today. Oh, very well. But, uh, let me get back to the story here. So oh, Breaker's geez, playing. Went Dilly on the show. I figured you would have known about the animated series. I've heard of <laughs> I've heard of the animated series. I will uh, plan on checking it out. Thank you. Cool. The breaker plays with the high tech computers at MIT. Scarlet gets yeah, like the skit on by those MIT chicks. They're like, "Who's that guy? Oh, maybe we can ask it." It was like, oh, "I'll find a way to, that? I'll find a way to to disappear." Yeah, it is very, it's very much exactly like you said the the Green Lantern thing. I was thinking it was like very the influence of Marvel comics. That's like a Marvel comics scene from the One 60s. of them looks like Mary Jane with a, a shorter haircut. Yeah. It's a, a red hair. Mary and Jane a... Watson. That's right. Mary Jane Watson. Just called or walked in or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and like, Betty Brant is like, I'll find a way to disappear. <laughs> We're all getting snacks together. Yeah. Hey, she thinks Frank was cute. He's cute. And you know what he is? Fuck it. You know? He's with his gum, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Why doesn't Breaker have a beard? Did I talk? Did oh, I ask about this three. before? Why does he have a beard in the comic? I think he does later on, right? I don't think no. you're supposed to have a beard when you're in the military, though, right? Well, maybe that's beard. why he doesn't have a beard. But doesn't rock and roll have a beard? Rock well, and roll. And Clutch always has like yeah, a five clutch. o'clock shadow. I mean, he's more yeah. like a seven or eight o'clock shadow. <laughs> yeah. In the Should morning. Yeah, that's right. General Iron Butt Austin has like a giant mustache, but maybe as a general you can do whatever. And you, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe it's regulation. Special forces. You yeah, you could do whatever you want. I mean, like half of them don't even wear shirts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gung Ho is from the village people, for God's sake. <laughs> so yes, anywho, so Scarlet is kicking some booty. I like Sorry, this Clay. the the Scarlet scene too because she's in the middle of uh, like a. She's spending her break at, in a karate tournament. Yeah, and she's kicking ass. She's doing really good. And this is this is way before the Karate Kid. It's, uh, certainly um, way before. It's, all, it's at the San Diego Civic Arena, but it looks more like the Frolio Junior High <laughs> Gymnasium. Right. Yeah. Right. It does. It looks very <laughs> small in there. 
you could only fit like 500 people in there. maybe it's in hall it's in hall h right yeah, right, it's right. not like the full it's like the little no professional sports teams play here yeah. it, <laughs> and larry hama does the thing like kind of a stan lee thing because i guess he names all the characters so scarlet is Shanna O'Hara, codenamed yeah. Scarlet, Scarlet O'Hara. I mean, you know, it took him three seconds to come up with that. You know, who's asking? <laughs> but also when I read these, I, I picture us doing, like, the audio voices to it and stuff. So uh, I, Yeah, I do too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it, but, I, I, like, it makes it way more fun, but also, like, gives the characters voices. Uh, but, uh, the, yeah, so she's... She's about to get pulled off of the... He can't wait till this match is over, by the way. That's what he said. Yeah, that's exactly... I was going to say that. She's like, couldn't you wait till I got the point? And he's like, no, ma'am. But it's like, but we're just walking away. It's not like we're in a rush, like, now. And he just walks out. Yeah. And the <laughs> opponent gets up, and she, like, has to knock him down. And yeah. she jumps across the room and kicks him in the face. Yeah. Right with, the a, face. with a good key oh, eye, right. too, which is the first song off my band's album, Wild Zero is starts off exactly that way i wonder where i got it from thwack does it start off with a thwack too it just starts off with a, a key eye but oh, it was about it was about a business battle royale <laughs> well go check it out and then Please. we go to uh yeah then we go to snake eyes he's in the the sensory deprivation tank and i remember even thinking as a kid i was like oh that that might be like kind of freaky would be in one of those big metal isolation tanks where you can't hear anything, and I have kind of tinnitus ear oh, things going on. Yeah. So I bet that if you're in a completely silent tank like that, the tinnitus will fucking drive you fucking crazy. I don't know. Yeah, it I, might. I have to. I now have to listen to a specific frequency at night because mine's so bad. I have to play like sounds like, of the rain going because otherwise yeah. it's just yeah. sounds like a test pattern going. So the frequencies, the really freaks, they were called freaks. Yeah, I know. Screaming ki and stuff really did yeah. a number on our ear. <laughs> the, the the freaks, the uh, they say that in GI Joe sometimes. The freaks, what's the freaks? So the freaks for you come out at night. You know what I'm I'm thinking? What if when he sees his Snake Eyes face, he says, "My God, the that face." What if he said it like, "My God, that face." Yeah, that maybe that really is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I misread it and he was We're just reading like, oh. into it wrong. Yeah. Like when Peggy Carter like says, touches Kevin. Well, maybe he, he means, yeah, maybe he means, yeah, he's like, he'll be far more presentable because he's so sexy naked that. <laughs> and what does this guy have in his hand anyways? Like a little PR24 thing? He's like, well, I'll tip yeah, my it's hat a, to you, sir. It's a sausage. He bangs on the th- he bangs on the <laughs> Quit hitting me with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love he's like, don't cross me, mister. I've had a rough day. Or maybe he's like, hey, don't cross me. I'm I've had a rough day and I'm 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 Jones up with some steak eyes. And I got this sausage. I got my sausage. Boy, we just Completely changed this comic book. I know, it just ruined it. <laughs> Sorry, Clay, this is like that, your favorite thing in the that's world. That's it for the, you're not ruining it for me, you're adding to the pleasure I already have. I've already oh. pleasured myself. That's what, comic. oh God. <laughs> gonna go there and then you went there ahead of me. Oh, all right. So then they all, hey. whatever, they they pack into a uh, one of these Cessna airplanes and like, 
literally a six seat one, two, three, four. Yeah. But yeah, six seater. And then have to switch places with Sam Raimi. <laughs> like I did on a plane. I think that's the guy from Wings flying them. Yeah. Uh, the, the Hackett brothers. Hackett. The guy from <laughs> Spider Man? <laughs> But I mean, is this even? I guess this is. I mean, this doesn't even look like the kind of plane you would jump out of. But they do. I, yeah, it's drawn in a, like a weird way. Well, first of all, Don Perlin. Did yeah, this. he's not a Herb Crimpy. Although he's, Herb uh, Crimpy did the cover. Yes, Don Perlin was sort of like you know one of those real generic artists that that would he could kind of ape Herb Crimpy, he could kind of ape Jack Kirby, but he was more of like a Don Heck level of artist he's like um he's like a a guy you can rely on he's like all reliable kind of guy yeah he's your thing in on time but it wasn't very dynamic the issues he did at transformers were fairly lackluster until he got a good inking team on him and then they then they looked nice but he also went on to be like the art director or a new talent scout for what was one of the valiant Yes, thank you. I was trying. I did a little I research on him. But... Yeah, you worked for them. It was after he was he was gone, though. Listen, the guy's still alive. He's like ninety three years old. Really? Yeah. How about that? Good for him. He's still working. They're like, do you want to do a commission? Like, oh, okay. Good for him. Oh, he's co-creator of Moon Knight, so he's probably waiting for them. This yeah. like, hurry up. Man, I'm 93 years. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, yeah 19, born in August of 1929. Jesus. Wow, good for him. So uh, we never, we kind of skipped over like what they're doing here. Yeah, yeah. Because, they get right. sent on mission. Yes. <laughs> so apparently there's this Alaskan research station and then all the personnel were murdered. I said <laughs> I didn't murder. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, so an unknown unknown enemy murdered all of them. So that's what they're going to investigate. And they also have to get this. There's, like, files that have been taken from this research station. And I was uh, just thinking, like, this came out in 1982, but so did John Carpenter's The Thing. So which came first, huh? Well, the Thing actually came first because John Carpenter's The Thing is a remake of The Thing from Another World. Hmm. 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 that. Listen to our The Thing from Another World podcast. <laughs> Things from Another World! Or Thing from Another Planet. I forget which, but it's one, of, one of the two. That came out in the 50s. Oh, how about that? So that definitely... I mean, yeah, I don't know. Is there... Is there... I don't, the cover date is August <laughs> for this. You've never seen Carpenter's yeah. uh, the, the Thing? I've actually never, never seen oh. it. Oh, we'll do that next week. Pretty, then. pretty good. good one, yeah. And check out. I enjoy that movie. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good Halloween episode, actually. Oh, and then we'll wait till October. Um, no, well, whatever. So, yeah, they, yeah, they jump out of the plane. They get up there, and they, they, they find this, this man. You know, this, well, they you sit know, in a dog. For several hours. That's true, too. <laughs> Sounds really boring. They camp out in front of the right. thing to make sure what's what. And yeah. uh, then, a, then a man comes along in a, with his dog sled. When yeah. Quinn so Eskimo got the there. Russian, she pointed out they're outside the Russian research center. 
Yeah. Right. That's that's like close to the American one because they think the Russians did it and took the files. So just hanging out there. Yeah. And this guy, this guy comes up, a dog sled, goes inside, comes right back out again, like very briefly, and then um, leaves. So they go into the Russian space uh, space. Also, the research center, but also the way it's drawn. In some panels, it's like it's really short and small looking, and then others, it's much larger. I think I noticed that when I was a kid, but not until just now that you mentioned it again that I realized that like the yeah, scale when, is all off on this thing. Yeah, when he when he walks in alone, it's it looks like he might hit his head if he doesn't duck. But then when there's <laughs> the the four of them waiting outside, it's it, it's drawn much larger. Hey, yeah, right. then they're inside, and it's like a gigantic airplane. Hand. Yeah. It's, it's like a TARDIS. <laughs> it is. It's like a TARDIS. <laughs> so they go in and all the Russians are dead. And the files are gone. The files that they're looking for. And meanwhile, Snake Eyes, to get everyone's attention, just shoots his gun up in the air. <laughs> that seems, I mean, it seems extreme, but I guess that's what he has to do. Yeah, yeah I guess. It's like, hey. Because there's a bomb underneath one of the tables. Right, right, it seems right. like kicking the table over would have gotten everybody's attention, too. <laughs> But, yeah. <laughs> or maybe set the ball off. <laughs> well, he kicks it over anyway, so... Don't you want to be yeah. careful about the yeah. explosives? Snake Eyes but, knows what he's doing. But yeah. but also, you know, maybe if you don't know, if you're in the North Pole, like, don't put holes in the ceiling. Yeah. If you can avoid yeah. it. If you can yeah. avoid it. You might need right. to go back to this place later. <laughs> it's true. It could... It's a little chilly in here. Oh, Snake Eyes shot holes in the ceiling just to let us <laughs> know. Yeah. You want to say get some air in here. Well, they also note that uh, the, the heating died as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Their heating unit must have conked out is what he said. Maybe that's why he wanted to blow the place up. He's like, warm ourselves by the fire. Yeah, right. But so you there and they're like, so that guy, that Eskimo guy... Um, Give no background you know. letters. Pretty good sound effects. Like that Badoom. Ah, uh, Doom. Yeah, Badoom. Classic. Satisfying. It's, well, yeah. I also noticed that at the panic at the North Pole. Panic is all done in this sort of like Artie Simic style of like Ripley lettering. And then the North Pole is like all like, oh, it's icy looking. Yeah, it's cold. It's North I like Pole. it. I like it a lot. Quick, quick tangent away from the story just for one second, before, then then we'll get back into it. But yeah, do you guys always remember? I think it might even talk about this the last time. Number two was always the highest price in the Mile High comic. Uh, like it always more cost more money forty dollars, and issue one was you know like twenty five dollars, and this is like eighties prices, like when we we're a kid and stuff like that. Uh, but I get, I guess there was um. A low print run, and it was impossible to find as investors hoarded it. So I think it, they, it, it's like a collector thing where like a bunch of people realized G.I. Joe was going to be awesome, and then they bought a bunch of the number twos, and then they like hoarded them from the market. So it's kind of like, you know, nice. they like shorted it. They're a bunch of G.I. jerks. And then I went on, <laughs> and I think I have a copy. I have, I definitely have a copy, and I... I but I had like the sixth or seventh printing when I was growing up because um, I was like, it's got to be so good. It's so rare. And then I finally read it. And, you know, I do do. I love the story, but I, I didn't read it when it You're came like, out. But it's, oh, I remember when I first finally read it because I only 
saw it in the G.I. Joe yearbook. Uh, right, so, you know, right, 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 right. Only little bits of it. And like I was a like, replay or something, yeah. Yeah, they, it's like it's highlights from it. Oh and then God. I'm like, oh, I, I bet this is amazing. And then when I saw it, I was like, it's fine. <laughs> I, mean, I, I really like this issue. I mean, but like, yeah, I, I had to know. I think my whatever was in both of our heads, like, it's got to be the best thing in the world. Yeah. Like, you can't, who has $40 to spend on anything? <laughs> like I couldn't that's, believe it. I know, was that's, $40. That's a lot of money for forty dollars. So. Uh, but I think is there something? Maybe we can save these this comment for the end. That maybe, but um, you know what the hell? So like, there's no cobras in this. This is so it's kind of like uh, is that? Oh right, this, I you know? I do have something to say about cobra, even though it's not related to this issue because cobra was in the first issue, right? But Larry Hama said that um that Archie Goodwin came up with it uh, basically because they didn't have any bad guys. And they they were like, what are the Joes going to do? They're just going to march around <laughs> or something? Like, they need to have somebody. <laughs> and then somebody said, you know, well, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s got, like, Hydra. And then Archie Goodwin was, like, literally, like, snapped his fingers and was like, how about Cobra? And they were like, that's, wow. that's it. That's it. Oh, It'll be no. target, Scar. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess that makes perfect sense but but i, mean, I like one, these I, stories is, is, one, and... is this what larry hama maybe you guys know like is this what larry hama had in mind sort of for the book going forward maybe just like these individual missions like i think that he thought that and then when you get to the book special missions it was a lot like it was herb crimpy and larry hama so it was like more like i feel like they gave that book to him almost, i'm purely speculating and not in the way that the speculator speculated for gi joe too I was speculating right. in a different kind a different of way. Uh, but uh, like they gave that to him so he could be like, write these kind of early G.I. Joe stories. Like when he was up in the seventies or so, when it was like a lot of Condor and, and Cobra Commander in that stupid outfit and stuff like that. And those were the prime time for me to be reading those comics, but still like, it was like some of the stuff was like really toy based in the G.I. Joe special missions was more like more of stories just almost exactly like this or what happens in two and three. Right. Right. I feel like we talked about like last week when we were talking about things that Larry had, like interviews at Larry Hama, I think this is kind of what he had in mind for the book. And then like, as you go forward, it's like, Oh, Ripcord is in love with the Cobra, you know, the Crimson Guard lady or whatever, you know, and these kinds of, and also like, you need to put this, dumb toy in here right exactly so. and back th- and back at issue two there were only 12 joe toys like figures okay. and uh and a couple vehicles and you know mm. that was it and i think right. that he kind of maybe thought of it like he was not building like a whole universe so he probably didn't care that much but was like oh i like make this up like kind of and to this day he still writes this way but you know he's like when i'm on issue five i don't know what uh, all right page five i don't know what's gonna happen at the end of the book like he just kind of starts writing page after page and page let's see how that how that how that can possibly work i guess that's i even had issues of the secret monkey planned out for like three or four issues ahead i didn't even know and that's probably maybe that's an exaggeration of his creative process that he likes been telling us at conventions for 25 years but that he's consistently always says that 
So I don't know. So I don't know that he had. He wanted to have this kind of story or any kind of story. He's just like, I'm Stan Lee and I need to make, you know, 10 10 books this month. So I'm just going to work my way through this. (laughs) And then at the end, he goes, pretty good. I like that one. All right. So, yeah, the place, the bomb that Snake Eyes discovers goes off, blows up the whole Russian research center. All the dead guys are still dead. Even more dead, I guess. Um, And then they're. They're like, they he run. must have been making for the coast. Yeah, they run after him. They're like, we can't walk that far. And we're like, we're not walking, we're running. Yeah. And meanwhile, Breaker has this thing. Um, now we of... would just use a phone. But yeah, right. he had this huge backpack that could print out a, a, a file card sent from whoever it was. HQ. Whatever that. So they, you can also send things. You can also send. He's like, here, these are the pictures I sent. So they, he sends pictures of Quinn back to HQ, and then he's like, well, it's going to take a while, you know, to get that reply and whatever. But yeah, they're running after, and they because they think that he's not in a hurry, so they can catch him. Uh, meanwhile, while they're running, they get the Quinn. They find out who Quinn is. They get like a little. Quinn actually Dossier. looks like an Eskimo, Eskimo in this issue, whereas in future issues, he he really doesn't. <laughs> no, he right. doesn't. And as we pointed out, they find out that Quinn was probably hired because he, he's like a assassin for hire kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Freelance, special ops. He should be played by our Mercenary. I was going to say merchandising, but it's <laughs> merchandise. Mercenaries, where the real money. Anyway, they find out that they, yeah, they, they find the plane that brought him there. Apparently, it, it sort of crashed, and he's sitting by it, or the, there's a fire there, and his dogs are hanging out, and they're like, okay, well, then we'll sneak up on him. And he has got the drop on them. Yeah, because he just put some uh, explosives, uh, his jacket on some uh, plastic explosives to make it look like he was sitting there. He did a really yeah. good job making it look like a person, too. Yeah. It would have all collapsed, and I would have <laughs> had to keep doing it over and over again. And I'd be like, come on, oh, man. Come. Yeah, I don't think come I would be happy with whatever I would have come up with. And I'd still be out there fucking with it when they showed up. <laughs> Yeah, can you just go back? <laughs> yeah. and How do you myself. think this looks? Yeah. So he takes their guns and everything, and he this just some of this like military stuff that goes on here. Obviously, is like a kid like has no idea. He's like, oh, the firing pins or whatever. And then he's talking about. So the Russians were. This is it gets kind of like the brainwave scanner stuff that they used years later. I guess right. it seems like they freak. They were they were beaming fear waves. I guess the Russians were making the the freaks. US, yeah, like really. It's what a weird thing. Like they were testing fear waves. Seems like yeah. a cover thing to do. Now but. we call it the yeah. internet. Now we call it Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> But then apparently uh, they're like the the fear waves like something cracked in their equipment and it leaked into their thing and they got all par- the Russians got all paranoid and then like they didn't they were so far gone they didn't even know that their heat went out apparently <laughs> they all died these are this is, this is very unfortunate all these yeah things. It's, it's bad enough they're at the North Pole for Christ's sake it's 
cold. Yeah, right. But being cold and scared, that's the worst. Yeah, but why wouldn't they just get out of there? Yeah, these guys, they're very dedicated. Well, they must have been like, we gotta we're so scared, we can't leave. Or whatever. Yeah, maybe. I don't uh, think in Russia at the time you had a choice. You had to go. I guess so. You couldn't work from home. You had to go yeah, right. to the North Pole to work do your option. Russian research on, on brainwaves. You had to go. Yeah, so they went. They killed the Americans. They went back, and they were like, oh, man. Now we're freaking out, and it's really cold, and now we just die. So, hey, whatever. So Quinn was hired to retrieve the American uh, files and um, and the Russian. like There's like a piece of equipment from their fear wave thing. Which is probably what they referenced uh, like years later, probably right when they finally did that storyline again—the brainwave scanner or whatever. The brainwave scanner, the one yeah. that Doctor like, hmm. Venom has. Maybe I guess it's not years later. That Venom is before. <laughs> I thought Mind I read Bender. this somewhere. Give me a second. You guys know, know. these early. You guys even know Doctor Venom probably better than I do. Those oh, I uh, early love. stories before. I'm more of a mind bender guy. You know. Yeah, no, I like Dr. Venom because he wore a shirt and a lab coat. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't, it didn't have a circus Dr. mustache. Yeah. yeah, he didn't have in a, in a monocle. Yeah. Is that a, um, yeah, and he, Quinn, takes them, Quinn takes them hostage. He breaks their fancy radio thing, which served like... But he no doesn't purpose. kill him. He's not fucking... No, he he's not. He's like, he's still kind of... Uh, he's kind an honorable... Of, uh, all spare and, yeah, like, this, I've got a job to do. I don't have to kill you, but I'm taking they, all your they, web, yeah. all your shit. Your guys they fuck. really hit you over the head with the, you have a contract, and I've done my part of the <laughs> job, but you signed a contract. They really, really let you know yeah. that he signed a contract as a mercenary. Right. So, But he doesn't He doesn't kill them, but he doesn't leave them out there to die, in a way. Right. Like he does leave them. Yeah, he like leaves he them a... enough. He It's like... Uh, almost like a not ram i can't even think of it but it's like he purposely leaves them with enough resources that they're going to survive he's, he's like james bond at the end of quantum of solace where he gives him a can of motor oil and says yeah but not quite <laughs> go <laughs> check out him. our quantum <laughs> they'll, yeah. kill it. they'll kill themselves yeah i've had too so many vespers the motor oil well, the funny thing is, so Scarlet's like, hey, if we can hightail it back to the American station and, and maybe chill out there for a little while. And Stark is like, no, we're going after him. So that's kind of like a, a nice no G.I. Joe. To fly. Hmm? Ain't no lie, he'd love to fly. <laughs> I also picture a stalker has rank, right? Like, I, I feel like he outranks Scarlet, but maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know. Like he acts like it, you're right, but I like it. It's a good GI Joe thing. It's, this is like this is what they do. They don't just go like, "Well, let's get out of here." They're like, "Nope, we have, we we come up with this plan and we get through this." And they have like a actually the funny thing is too. It actually looks like Quint is Quint. I keep saying because yeah, Jaws, yeah, guy from Jaws. It almost looks like he's waving goodbye to them as he slides away here with his dogs. But anyway, so they they use the plane. To like build like a sort of sled. I, I like this because it reminded me of like I, I had to do a project sort of like this when I was in Boy Scouts. I hated Boy Scouts, by the way. That was like bullying triggered central. I, I thought that um going to the Boy Scouts was like training to be in G.I. Joe. And then I always remember <laughs> this Richard Pryor joke. He was like, so I joined the army. And he was like, I thought the army was like hunting, camping, go fishing. 
<laughs> but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> he, I was thinking that, uh, I was like, but I like the way that they he designed this little sled thing that they make, like where the the seats are just these like little L shaped things, and they're facing the opposite direction. And I was like thinking about how they would have to keep their legs in when they built like he built like a little Viking ship sail to it. It's like kind of cool. Yeah. I like it. They said that yeah, the winds are strong enough that they can uh, have also like, a little like sail. the the mini series where shipwreck has the sailboat in the middle of the desert. It's very similar. Oh, look at that. They they ripped off their own thing. Yeah. Not that. Yeah, not. So, uh, yeah, like, so, like, they're like, why are we bringing the explosives? Just to let you know that there's, those are going to come into play. <laughs> right, right. But you're also yeah. kids reading this. You know what I mean? It's for kids. Right. You need to be told everything. So they, like, sort of overtake Quinn. They kind of go off. They're going, like, parallel to him. So he doesn't see and they lay a trap for him, and they use, like, you know, the explosives and some ammo clips that Snake Eyes stuck around. They're going to drop this, like, uh, ice bridge thing on Quinn and his poor dogs. Yeah, that seems a little mm. cruel. Yeah. Mm. But again, like, they build, they use the... They use, Huskies like, the love boat. snow. <laughs> yeah, right. They do. My so, sister used to have Husky. This is like typical, or I, I, what I think is sort of typical, like early GI Joe, where they kind of just yeah. make ships and and like, well, we're gonna do this and use this to be build that and blah blah blah. And that's what I was into when I was a kid. Although I honestly never read this until I was like an adult. I don't think <laughs> until yesterday. Yeah. Well, no, I read it like, but I was probably like twenty five or something by the time I read issue two. But like you said, it was hard to find. So yeah, we get another Badoom. Yeah, a great looking Badoom. Yeah, but the All dogs are hands. okay. The Just dogs so are you know. fine. Yeah. I mean they're angry. I mean they're growling. Yeah, yeah. they're okay. But Quinn wasn't there. Like how did they? Uh... I don't know. He's one step ahead of these Joes. He really is. I feel like Scarlet Snake Eyes is, is like helping the dogs out. This is like yeah. him being like, maybe I'll get a dog. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he, and he does. But he's like, remember those dogs? He's like telling Scarlet, well, maybe not, maybe signing to her or like shooting his machine gun in the air. He's like, I'm thinking about getting the dog now. <laughs> he, he shoots in Morse code. <laughs> she knows what he's saying. Uh, well, I mean, they also were, they also say, we're going to need those because I think they're probably going to need them to pull themselves. I thought to... they were going to eat them. That they maybe will they... eat them. I think they taste like chicken. <laughs> But I also like, uh, yeah, Scarlet uses her karate, uh, which she was using earlier. And then she kicks Quinn in the head, and he doesn't even feel it. Yeah. Right. It's a good try, pretty lady. I have a Batman cowl under this Santa jacket. I like how he refers to himself in the third person, too. The Quinn, is, Quinn has fought the polar bear and won. Like The Rock says. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a little bit like a little bit loosey-goosey culturally too, like English is a second language kind of thing. Like Quinn, go over here kind of thing. Uh, I was thinking more like George is getting upset. (laughs) 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 It's all different interpretations, really. In case, well, like I said, in case like a 10-year-old kid reading this forgot who this this dude was. That he's Eskimo. That was another Stanley thing. Just mention the name. If you watch an episode of G.I. Joe or Transformers, 
they're always saying each other's names, so you know what toy to buy. Even though Quinn wasn't a figure, it's just it was, part was. Of the, it was part of the style of comics and cartoons back in the day. It was the style at the time. What, was one the style the time. one thing the I style. also think that's a little, it's not Stan Lee, but it's like a little Jack Curly, Kirby. Curly. <laughs> <laughs> but I the way. I refer to him as Jack Curly from now on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how Jack Curly used to always draw his mechanical stuff and electronic? At least uh, Mr. Don Perlin, like, is. You know, I, maybe that's just Marvel House style. Like, draw it like that. Like, how, Jeff Goldblum's, uh, like, palace and uh, the Thor thing is just, like, just so Kirby or Curly. Yeah, you know? Curly. Like, very in, curly. In style. Curly curls. But Don Perlin, he definitely draws his electronics like that, too. But so does John Buscema. So does everybody, I guess. I don't know. The, it was, it literally was the style at yeah. the time. Yeah, style at the time. They did make a Quinn action figure, and like they made it look like the old. Oh, they uh, did. It had to be what in like two thousand and five or something. Was it like one of those like yeah? It's more they would do it like crowdsource it on Hasbro Pulse or something now, (laughs) like to get the special edition Quinn. Well, they actually it looks like they had a couple. Oh, that's cool. I like his shorts. He's wearing shorts anyway. Eskimo um, was wearing shorts. <laughs> well, later on, he was, uh, you know, when he was down in Sierra Gordo. Oh, yeah. Was, right, he was right. Rocking, rocking the shorts. Hanging out with Chuckles. Like goes yeah. goes clothes shopping with Chuckles. Walks out. <laughs> Hawaiian shirt, cargo shorts. So I like, uh, we get here, he also, because uh, Snake Eyes is like going, like trying to get his gun working, and he says, ah, oh, the Shadow Man has the speed of the weasel. Like, Shadow Man is what he called Snake Eyes, like, all throughout the run. Right. Until Quinn finally... Spoiler, Spoiler warning. Quinn does. <laughs> Quinn doesn't make it, but... Um, yeah. But they're kind so of like... Took the... Snake Eyes and Quinn are kind of bros, though. You know what I mean? They're kind of like... Oh, yeah. They're yeah. opposite sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. But even at this stage, he's like, oh, well, I took the firing pins from your weapons, which is another thing. Like, I was like, I don't know what a firing pin is, but it sounds like it's you need it to shoot the gun. <laughs> you know? Right, right. But uh, he says, as a charm against death by gunfire, which is kind of a funny little joke, because obviously it's not just a charm. It actually literally will not allow the gun to shoot. <laughs> well, their guns, but not other guns. John Hunt could be around the corner, like with his, uh, and you don't know, he might just be shooting with his camera or he might have a rifle. That's true. (laughs) So it's kind of, yeah, this is the point. We get to the point where he's, where Quinn is like, oh, you guys are actually pretty good. I kind of like you. I'm sorry that, you know, we're not on the same side here. And, And he's all like, well, we're not so different, you and I. Right. He's like, I really need to get this thing to the Russians. He's like, but, uh, you know, and I don't really like what they're doing. And, you know, he's like, I could give it to you. And Scarlet's like, well, why don't you? He's like, I got a contract. Like you said, John. Yeah, he's got to stick to what, I mean, that's got to be the story. That's what I say to my my clients when I do a freelance job and they change things around. They'll be like, but I got a contract. I think it would work if you want to change things around, not them. Maybe maybe you're right. They They should be more like Quinn and not change things around. Right. That's what I'm saying. Don't change it. We got a contract. Yeah, that's what you yeah. should say. He's like, hey, go read G.I. Joe number two. 
Yeah, I'll forward you a copy of this section of G.I. Joe number two. But we got a contract here. I did yeah. my And then they read that little section in Tales of Your Contract number two. <laughs> and they're like, the rest of this contract's got to be great. Tales of Your the, the contract yearbook. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> My contract like ran 155 issues or whatever. And then so Viz Quinn... picked it up. <laughs> so Quinn shows up, and the Russians are like, hey, he's here. He's early. Good for him. And he's like, okay, here's your thing. They pay him in gold, which is such a great 1982 like G.I. Joe thing. Like, hey, thanks for the gold bars. He's way like 200 pounds. Good thing I've got all these dogs to do the, the, yeah. the pull. <laughs> right. I don't even know how much gold weighs it might be. It weighs a lot. Yeah, it's heavy. I, oh, yeah. More than 200. I don't know. But um, so they're like, great. Uh, you know. Uh, and he's like, you're going to wait for our sub? He's like, no, no, no. I'm leaving because G.I. Joe is coming and they might have, like, he kind of sets up a whole thing. He's like, well, they have four miles to cover. I left their firing pins with my necklace. Which is his famous skull necklace, which we yeah. see like he wears all the time. So he it's not famous at this point. And, and well famous. did you did you like Quinn because you like uh as we used to say the look of him? Or or that that you couldn't get him as a toy? Like why did you like Quinn? Oh, it so was much? frustrating to not be able to get a Quinn figure. It was. It was frustrating. But I think because I Quinn was he was just a good character. He's cool. He's badass. He does. He's very cool. I, mean, I didn't give him any thought in this because I didn't read this until Durson was 24 or whatever. <laughs> I was around, you know, it was probably the same time I was reading it was when he was reading the full issue. But when he was in the future issues where they bring him back, that was like, this guy mm-hmm. is is cool. And no, I the fact him. that you didn't know if he was good or bad because he was kind of both, you know? Right. He yeah, would be helping like snake guys out at one second and then helping Dr. Venom from falling out of a plane. So. Well, he was technically working for Cobra, but he was also kind of like, yeah, but, you know, you guys are all right. You know, like, it was weird. I just remember him shooting Gung-Ho's hat off. Yeah, that's a good shot to be able to do that. <laughs> 50 right. caliber, bra, whatever. <laughs> 30. Roblox had the 50 caliber. So anyways, they're like, he's like, you have to, the Russian guys are like, you have to save us from G.I. Joe. He's like, nope, my work for you is done. You paid me. I gave you your thing. By the way, I left my necklace with their firing pins about four miles away from them. It's about one mile away from you. Can you make it? And it's, I like, it. he plays his little game with them, you know, and they, obviously they don't make it. They show Snake Eyes wearing the, the skull necklace. He's got his gun. They're all have their guns. And we kind of insinuate that the Russians probably didn't make it. Very basic, but good storytelling here. You get the far away shot, and then you get the close right. up of the team breaking with his gum, and then like the close up <laughs> in on 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 Snake Eyes. I mean, it's not like drawn like you'd be like, oh man, like it's definitely like you know like good like like Watchmen like nine panel grid shit. It's like from far away, closer, closer, and then that's it. That's the end of the issue. I like that. Yeah. I thought it was cool. I I I I think it's fun. It, I don't know, knowing that Larry Hama didn't know what he would do, like at the end of every issue, if he thought like, oh, I'm going to use Quinn again. But it seemed like he was setting Probably up, not. like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Didn't. I mean, I hope he. I guess I want to hope that he was that he was setting up this character to bring back. Character. Well, yeah, and then he's yeah, his character, considering that he's like 
has to create a bunch of side characters. Here's gotcha. kind of the first one, besides the senator yeah. lady or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. it's not a so GI a... Joe, not a yeah. I mean, there's plenty of side characters that like don't mean anything, like the Freds and whatever. But like, you got oh, that's still that's a Cobra guy. But yeah, he just needs to build out the world a little bit more. So he probably yeah. I mean, I hope affinity to Quinn. Well, I mean, he did a good yeah. Ask him, but I'm just saying he did a great job, and I I think I liked this is the weirdest thing. I mean, I like Quinn because yeah, he was cool. You didn't know I and I was a big Snake Eyes fan, and they were like buddies. But I also liked Quint from Jaws, and I somehow that because the name sounded similar, I was really into both of them. I don't think I got the subtlety that much. Of course, maybe even it, when I read it 20 years later or whatever. I definitely, like John said, I dug him later in the later issues when he comes back uh, in those Sierra Gordo issues. I gotta find when those are. They Can't wait till we get to those podcasts. In, in 83, so. Okay. Mm. It was like a year later. Yeah, Do you remember so, if he was like on the cover of any of them? Because I have the covers in front of me. I can look them up. He's on the cover of like 19. Or so the one where well a little before that that's the one spoiler warning that's the one he gets killed oh what's the one where they're hanging out of the plane on the right dr venom is stomping on snake like eyes his... yeah yeah oh that's a good one that's when i'm like that so really into those looks to be number 15 all right that sounds about right and that came out in september of 83 so good that was like one of the first comics i probably owned and i remember i used to leave it around the house and my dad would be like throw yeah put your comic books away and then i i wouldn't do it and he eventually threw it away oh (laughs) it's my own fault he told me to put it away this is such a random that wasn't the first time your comics were taken away from you i know stupid third grade teacher a gi joe comic at that that's right see how much i was into gi joe i couldn't stop but like that was the thing i only had like a few comics at the time i think when my dad realized like oh wait this is gonna be like a thing we need to like find a way to store these you can't when our parents are growing up they probably just fucking threw them out when they were done reading them you know what i mean not for any harm or malice like my dad was still pissed at his mom for throwing away his baseball cards or something which was like there was like a mickey mantle in there right and he was like would I think I could still like make him upset if I mentioned that to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not that I would. I don't want to upset my dad, but like he, I remember he was like, "Yeah, I couldn't believe it. My mom threw out my baseball cards." And so uh, they were always my... like, "You're not. We're not going to throw away any of your stuff. We're always going to ask you." My so father-in-law they're... had Spider-Man number one, and that was thrown away by his mother. Oh, Spider-Man! Spider-Man! Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, like. We were talking. About, I was talking about this a little bit with John because we're, uh, that Beanie Babies documentary. I was talking. I was telling you about that, right? And like, this is like a thing. Like now, no one's throwing anything away. Not there's no value to it because it's everyone has it. But like, it is kind of like a, like par- kids are discovering their like parents and grandparents even like Beanie Babies now. So it is kind of coming back after it died. Like, but I mean, yeah, like the the comic book thing. I, I mean, you know, I didn't think of it as a like, oh, this comic is going to be worth something. And when my dad threw it away, you just wanted just to have like, it so that you could read it a thousand yeah, times. I used right? to read it over and over and over. That's why all my comics from back then are, yeah, mine shit. too. 
the covers like are all that. torn off. I like yeah. that. So, the yeah, first comic the that I ever bought was a GI Joe. Like bought was forty eight, and I think I've told the story before, but I didn't ask for a bag at um Stone, not Stones, the place. Oh, yes. with the spinner rack. The spinner rack. On the <laughs> old street. Town News. Yeah, Old Town Old Town News. Okay, so I like went there and I like scrounged up seventy five cents and I went down there. Doctor Mindbender, Destro are carrying a mummy on the cover and i like didn't ask for a bag i did every time after that but i carried it home literally in my teeth and so <laughs> on that on that issue why on that were you issue, on your bike i was on my yeah. bike okay and, well, that part, and, i was picturing that, you walking down west street with it in your teeth no i was riding down west street and the, i think the guy was like do you want a bag and i was like no or the lady i think it was the lady that worked and i was like no and then like I, uh, no, I can. I have teeth. But I, I don't know. But there's like little, you know, ten year old clays, like, you know. No, you like could have been impression. ten. Yeah, yeah, when was that? that? Wait, yeah, you can, maybe, well, ten. let's see. It, that was like eighty-six. Okay, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. That when is that when Serpentor came around? Yeah. Really? That was that was because I was like thirteen ish. Oh my God. July so we 1986. Like... I was 11. Oh my God. Actually, I'm I was sorry, 10. I, I was sorry, still 10. I stand corrected. I feel I was... like I was like 25 when Serpentor came out. I was, uh, oh, but, wow. in, but, but my copy of it has like the top row and the bottom row, like chunk of taken just out of the cover, if you can imagine. You know what I mean? Like it's like a bite, like I bit into it, but not all the way through. So you can just see the paper of the pages like through the cover on the top and the bottom there's like a little like dental imprint in there that's awesome i love that story i i mean i, I don't think you've told that before like literally the teeth story i know you told the teeth story. you told us that 48 i, I, like I, I told the story a thousand times about how my uncle gave me um you know 46 that was my first gi joe comic and it had Snake Eyes, a storm channel, Mike Zek on the cover, like my favorite, my favorite cover ever, my favorite first comic ever, the only one, the only first comic ever, but it was just such a great <laughs> one. And then I didn't get around to getting into buying comics until, so I missed 47, but then like got 48, bought it by myself. Like it was like a great discovery for me that I could like go to the store and buy comics. That's like mm. where it all started, like pretty much that. I mean, I bought many comics there at at Old Town News, but I I I, I don't I think I got a bag. I think <laughs> I got a bag every other time hands. after that. And then I also remember like when I went in there to get like my issue um, one ten that my letter was in. Like I wanted to like I so which was in nineteen ninety one March. 1991 cover date. I mm -hmm. I like wanted to tell the person that my letter was in there. Like, can I have it for free or something? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but, like go, why sir, would they you're care? You're a celebrity. Have this issue. I, I wanted to be like, look. You know what I mean? But I I don't know. I just remember that being like an awkward. I'm glad you didn't that because day. they I'm probably would have been like, get out of here, you. Yeah, the what? The, there are the, letters. These the, many letters. They, <laughs> They they turn around and they like pick up the phone. They're like, "Yeah, um, I was considering keeping around for a little while longer, but you need to get these comics out of here." Like the distributor comes out. We're, and picks we're them attracting out. 
we're attracting the guys that write letters to and, <laughs> and chew on their comics. And I do like the idea of us, <laughs> us all three of us, like going to that store like separately, but like with GI Joe comics and coming home and reading them, like, but not yeah. really knowing that at the time. You know, I didn't know Dursley back then. No, I mean, I think I, you know, I had we had been to the same school, but we never hung out or talked or anything. Well, uh, okay, we were I'm ten, gonna we were like what five. Five years, fifth ten years old. I mean, yeah, we were doing that. Oh, but, but I've been collecting GI Joe, yeah, for like at least three or four years. So, yeah, I, I have to say though, Clay, and I'm sorry, you're gonna hate me about this. Issue 48 was the one where Zartan is in oh, the pit. It's got, a, it's got the gun to gung ho or something like that. Yeah, issue 49 was the one with Doctor Mindbender and Destro on the cover with the mummy. I'm sorry. I'm, issue 48 you, was the first gi joe issue that i had missed buying really wow. yeah from Ooh. from issue 13 on i was i was i had purchased them all and 48 was the first one i didn't i couldn't find it first of all and second of all i was serpentor and that was when i started to lose interest was at that time and uh maybe because clay but yeah, well, see, that was the universe balancing itself out. I stop around that time, and Clay starts up. Right, right, right. But, that is that. Interesting. But I remember I, like I was very excited when I got uh, forty nine there, uh, because I knew so excited. Was, I I had to eat it and taste it. <laughs> that fifty. That and by the way, I don't I don't hate you for pointing out that I had the number wrong. I'm sorry, uh, Clay. Don't right, well, don't be sorry for being sorry. I was just saying whatever. Uh, but I knew that issue 50 was going to be an extra size issue. And they like kind of like were like, yeah. So, oh, the That's preview the of G.I. Joe's special mission. And he, went, and he invents pizza in <laughs> Springfield, a nice little town. I was Let's very excited. He invents that pizza. <laughs> that was, and then, you know, I go from paying 75 cents to having to shell out of extra 50 cents for that next one and i bet that was probably tough i think i had to but that was off. double sized or whatever you know you it got was. more for your money but those were like the first comics i ever bought i didn't i didn't even know wow. that you could buy comics i didn't know it was a thing oh my god yeah you're allowed to buy comics i bought so many comics at that same store or up the street when it was Mayettes and then it became Stones. Yeah, that's, where I, that's where I got my issue 49 was at Mayettes. And there was a pizza place across the street. Mm, it was a little small right. place. Um, that, yeah. Then it became like a print shop later. And I don't even know if it's anything now. But, I don't see there, yeah. I used to go Fun. to get like at Stones or, or Mayettes. Like the, the comics I would get there, I'd always be like, Oh, give me the grab bag. I'll I'll pay like five dollars for like whatever ten comics. They had too many rude employees at that place because you'd be looking through them and he's like, "It's not a library." And it's like, I don't know. "What the hell? This is not a quickie mark." Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I remember buying like this first Snake Eyes. I mean, uh, sorry, this first Spider-Man black suit like one there, and that issue is now worth like hundreds of dollars or whatever. But like. Nice. But this is before there were comic stores, you know, in our area. We literally bought them. Uh, what are they called? Direct Market, right? Is that? Yeah. That's, yeah. Direct, well, I think I was like is... begging them to take me to uh, Long Hair Store, like eventually. And I didn't even know like, that Long Hair Store existed until uh, like '88 or so, and then I was just like, "Oh my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever 
experienced. Yeah. Yeah, you must have told me about it. I don't know because I how would I have known? I remember the place in Whitman. Oh yeah, with the cranky, the cranky old dude. I remember when I found that place. Um. Well, there was the cranky old dude there first, right? Right. And uh, then it was the the other guy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was two different places. It was Collector's yeah. Haven. Yeah, and then it was R and R. R and R. Yeah. But I found and that only because my cousin was playing a baseball game, cool. and then my grandfather and I went for a walk during I don't, I don't during the game. That seems a little rude. Was not a very good game. And uh, and uh, then we walked in there and i was like what the uh uh oh my god and i got uh transformers number 19 with omega supreme because it because they were new comics were out there before they were in places like old town news wow i love how this gi joe number two podcast has become like a lesson on comic book history it's great and uh i I got a bag yeah and uh i didn't carry it in my teeth (laughs) which that is the funniest thing Clay, I've ever heard you talk about. I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's a funny little cute story, right? Yeah. It really it's really funny. I wish you did. I wish you did say that you were on your bike, because it's just. Like... All right, I, I actually yeah, I'm picturing that as a cartoon, me walking down the street with this. <laughs> I, because I can picture you like I can picture that street perfectly in my head. You know, Mike and Dave's barbershop and and whatever and all those places. And, and you, you just walk with a right cop. The depot in the Arnold Park. <laughs> oh, and I had <laughs> my. Shoot. I I didn't I didn't have the best bike because everybody had like GTs. But I was I've always been like a proud of my bike guy. I had a I had my Huffy bike that like kind of looked like the um, it was like black and gold. You know what I mean? It was like all black, nice. with, like uh, like Burt Reynolds' car. The oh, it's kind of like yeah. the bandit. <laughs> I had my bandit, but and you, it, this is crazy to me now. I left my, I rode my bike up there. I left my bike outside, no lock, no lock on it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. It was a different time. It was a loosey goosey time. It was a little, little more loosey goosey. Hey, and you're like I, I don't need like... locks. I don't need bags. I don't need. I don't need nothing. I just get my teeth. I got and my, my teeth and my bike, and that's I all I need. <laughs> and it was like. It, from that, it was like that was those were like the formative times, and then like the next couple of times, I'd be like, yeah, maybe I'll get this. What is this Captain America Braun limb? I'd be like, yeah, I'll start reading this Bat now, like Batman. Of course, I like Batman, Detective Comics from back then stuff like. Oh, I don't know if my mouth is big enough to carry all these. <laughs> <laughs> Captain America three fifty is quite large. I don't know if yeah. I can fit it. And it's gold. I think that having this gold ink in my mouth is probably not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, those those covers, those special uh, here's, foil covers. <laughs> here's something that kind of ties in with that. Today, while I was working, I have um I have the original Japanese go <laughs> they call them. Uh, while I'm working on the translations, and I you know I use those as a guide for placing the images in the InDesign files and stuff. But my my cat likes to sit on the desk, so she, I get a little blanket for her, and she could be my work assistant. But she has a bad habit Isn't of wanting to cute? chew. Uh, she wants to chew on the book while I'm, oh, I'm trying to use it as a reference. So you and my cat have that because I was thinking about how bad that must taste. Mm. So how bad does it taste, Clay? <laughs> <laughs> how, how now we can find out. 
I'm sure I'm I can guarantee you that it doesn't taste the same now as it did that day. That was a mm. long time ago. That was victory. That was a taste of victory. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the taste of G.I. Joe number 49. <laughs> I, I think that I, story, I, right? I have I have Larry Hama stuff that's going to blow your mind. I don't want to blow my wad on it. We, we're going to do more G.I. Joe stuff. I'm going to drop some Larry Hama stuff on you guys that's going to blow your mind. Okay. So stay tuned if you next tell me time. that you carried Larry Hama in your mouth, I, I will die. That's, like a cat and a, like a mama cat, cat and a kitten? Kid. <laughs> like, drag like it by the scruff of his neck? <laughs> the back of your neck? Like the back of his neck. The nape of Larry Hammer's neck. <laughs> well, now well, I can't do that without putting uh, you know, my dentures in. So, Well, yeah. Well, it was a different time. It was loosey-goosey well, time. I'm, I'm, glad that, time. <laughs> I'm glad that I have proof that I once had teeth. <laughs> I think you, if you didn't eat so many comics, I mean, maybe. <laughs> Probably right. I, I bought a lot of candy bars at that place, too, I'll tell you that. The I did, too. That combination. I remember candy. stealing, I'm going to admit to something I've never, never admitted to, but I went in there once, and I was just going to buy literally like, a, it was like a piece of gum. Like one of like a bazooka maybe yeah, or like something. Penny, or they had like penny candy there, kind of like you get like. This was uh, yeah, I think this was like a nickel or something. And I was, oh, but like there was no one at the register, and I just well that's on them, right? Yeah, and I just left, and I still think about that like all the time. Like I once stole a five cent piece of gum. <laughs> like wait a minute, why do I care? Who cares? I, I just but, boy, all the sodas we took for free at the video store. <laughs> no. Jesus, you know. I mean, yeah, for years. Stealing. My, my dad would still go to that place, like when you know, when he when he still lived down there. And uh, and then one time I was just like, let's go in there. I was like, it would be really. It's obviously like changed over a million times. I did. I think it's closed now. But um, but I like went in there and I was like, do you have any comic books? And they were like, nudie magazines. <laughs> <laughs> it was like um. It was like older, like Indian people, and they were I like think really a lot of Brazilians in that section of town. Not to, not that there's anything but, wrong with that. I'm not. No, saying, they I'm were confused. Saying. I was like, "Do you have any comic books?" They were like, "No." No. I was like, no, but I'm but we do have the latest issue <laughs> and and swank. Yeah, they did have swank and we. Wow, but no GI Joe number. Two, or... I was with my brother-in-law. I was like, give me a couple of swanks and a wee. Whatever you got in March, <laughs> April. You want one? I'll chew on it on the way home. Whatever. <laughs> All right. I'll get my gold bike. Oh, man. Slick. Well, all right. So issue two. Like, we don't have fond... We're not at the stage of like, oh, I have fond memories of that. But um, we're, we'll get there. Pretty soon, in in (laughs) thirteen weeks or whatever. Yeah, if it takes us, if we do, you know, one every two weeks or every few months or whatever the hell we do. Also, like I'm, I've read everything, but like you guys are the ones that have the fond memories of these early comics. Yeah, I know. We gotta wait until issue forty nine till Clay has fond memories. Yeah, Yeah, Clay's just gonna be like, I remember last week when I read this. (laughs) I got fond memories of last week. But I mean, uh, I mean, once we get to around. Like 
12, I feel like. Yeah. I'm going to um, say, what's the one where Springfield's a nice little town in Scarlet? It, like, it's the introduction of Billy. I think that's when it starts to kind of come yeah. together because it seems like he had a plan at that point. Before yeah. that, sort of, a couple of these aren't even written by him. They're Herb Trimpey issues. and mm. That's right. Herb yeah. Trimpey writes a couple. Yeah, that issue 10 is a nice little town. Uh, Larry Hama and Mike Vosberg. I love the Vos. Her, Herb yeah. Trimpey writes, starts, maybe it, maybe it's the first one that he writes, is uh, issue 8. Just to get well, he really plot, I think he plots issue 3. The next yes. Thing. Oh, yeah, plot, he's plotting some know? of them, right. Plotting. Oh, very well. Evil. Good team. But, mm-hmm. Evil Herb Trimpey, plotting away. Plotting, yes. But um, overall, I I think this is fun. I know some of the some of the arts are a little off kilter and whatever, but this is the, I think they were doing cool GI Joe type stuff here, um, and that's what I like about this era of GI Joe, and that's why it I is good <laughs> comic. And yeah. no matter, and since I didn't read it when it came out, it's always new to me like reading an old you know putting on an old comfy sweater and like reading like an old episode or issue of avengers or something like that i'd never read putting a comfy sweater on and listening to an old episode of the league podcast audio Mm. audio yeah but like this is what i was this is even though i didn't even understand half the shit they were doing like i don't know what firing pins and all oh we're gonna make a sale and and like a, a a I don't like know what a sale was at the time. Well, I knew what a sale. Was. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where, is. yeah, Larry Hama used like his. He put a lot of that military stuff in here, and like the things, like even in this, where he's like doing the strategy stuff, where it's like, oh, there's an ice bridge, and I'm gonna explode it, or he'll be like, some, he'll be like, and then the October Guard tank, we're gonna flank him from the right and stuff, like. Half the time when I'm reading that stuff, I kind of zone out and I'm like, I guess they're doing some sort of maneuver. And I like, I skip right. a couple pages, you know what I mean? And then I'll reread it and be like, oh, yeah, cool. I guess there was like a plan with the ice bridge or whatever. But, you know. Well, I think they made it, I think he made it kind of accessible. Like, if you're reading it, even if you have no idea, like, what, you know, these, especially I think when we get to the next issue, there's even more of it. But, like, there was always something. I feel like almost all these issues have like this like thing where you're like, oh, that's some military thing that they're doing. Well, they're the military, so I know, but like, you know, they made it accessible enough that you're just like, oh, that's cool. And even though you don't really get it, maybe or I didn't as a kid. Well, I didn't See, read I had, had a father in the military, so mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. when you're, I didn't understand this. I I got it. I mean, because he talked about stuff, so I was around it more. And uh, so that's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I like it. I always so. pictured myself being like, actually, like, when I was a kid, like, I aspirationally was like, oh, maybe I'll join the military. You know what I mean? Oh, when I realized I was like, more of like, a, it's like, I never want to do this. I, I was, but, but it kind of, <laughs> as I got a little bit older, I, I realized that maybe I just wanted to read. Gee, Joe. Not that I wanted to be. You know what I mean? Like, but I wanted. Just Richard wanted Pryor to be was like, right. This is not what I wanted. But to I do. also kind of always wanted to be like. Uh, um, I didn't realize that you could, you know, be creative and come up with stories and learn how to draw. Like I realized, like that kind of like happens at the same time. But I always wanted to be like something, do something very patriotic, like join NASA or like being Gee, Joe, because like those are like 
aspirational. Then you're like, oh, well, actually, the real military isn't like G.I. Joe at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think if I wanted to be in the military, I would have wanted to be Snake Eyes, like not be in the military. Like I want to be like the ninja guy. Who, like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He says with a Snake Eyes tattoo on his arm. Like, yeah. Well, it's like me. I want to be James Bond, but really what it is is I just want to go to fancy places and wear good clothes and drink. Have a lot of sex. I want to take a red-eye flight and drink six Vespers. Yeah. I just don't don't want to before you go to work in the morning. (laughs) I just don't want to do the getting shot at part and hanging off of, like, cliffs and almost Mm. dying. And I don't want to do any of that stuff. I just want to do the stuff where you're in a tropical island. Yeah, everybody's like does that i wonder though how many people do you think like joined up the military being like yeah i'm gonna be like it's gonna be like gi joe right Buzz Dixon I talks probably, about that. yeah I in, know, in, some people, in reality probably. and he that weighed on his mind apparently that he oh. would have people coming up to him talking about how they joined the military thanks to his episodes of gi joe and inspiring them to and uh well if we ever have him back on the show we can ask right. him We'll have to ask him. It's like, but I was just I selling can... toys. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he was sort of like, oh, you know, he had mixed feelings about it. Where, where he's like, well, I'm, I was sending people off to their deaths in some cases, you know, because I, it's, yeah, I guess it's pretty heavy when you think about it. I, I would hope that those people didn't make it too far in the military, honestly, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Because once they get there and think like, so I get to wear like this black suit, right, with this thing, and I get to be like a ninja, Where's right? Where's the jetpack? <laughs> they know that. I love to fly. They know that. I love to fly. Or it's like yeah, the military exactly. people that like kind of get the wrong message about the Punisher or or stuff like that. You know, or it's like right. you're not like really paying attention to what it is. I mean, GI Joe. I really do consider that different. It's like somebody like me, but didn't wasn't a creative person, but just was like I'm going to be a patriotic person and join the military. You know, like. Good for you. God bless you. You know what I mean? Like, maybe you're inspired by G.I. Joe a little bit, but I, that's not what the story is about. The story isn't about, like, doing any of that stuff. The story is about, like, team coming together and helping each other out, you know? Wow. Yeah. Look at you. That's true. You're right. It's about relying <laughs> on each other and trust. Yeah. Yeah. You know, G.I. Joe never got into squabbles. They weren't. They well, didn't... sometimes, like, in that first issue, like, you know, they were like, you're an idiot breaker or whatever. He's like, uh-huh. <laughs> but, just stop yeah. chewing that gum. But, I mean, overall, they didn't, you know, unless Scarlet is kicking you in the head. Well, I mean, she wasn't, wasn't doing that to Snake Eyes or something. That was during a tournament. That's different. Hmm. Let's wrap it up. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out all of our podcasts, leaguepodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We have issue one up if you're interested in that. And we also have some curb casts and just some a whole bunch of other league verses. Clay's got a uh, like a year in review uh, thing up very there, right? Short, very, it's a very short thing if anybody wants to check it out. Uh, hey, your, uh, your video, your, the thing where you were uh, uh, <laughs> streaming, uh, your sound kept cutting out when you'd switch angles. Yes, Uh-oh. I didn't want to talk about that. Uh, oh, sorry. But, uh, Thanks I, for bringing it up. Except for the well, fact that I appreciate you turn, tuning in. I, oh, you will. I, and my friend Duncan texted me. I was, I was gonna. Like, I, was a, I started to leave it as a comment, and then I was like, "Well, maybe I shouldn't." 
He'll well, figure it out. I didn't yeah, figure it out, it but out. also like I find I get like I don't know. I I there's a lot of different things you gotta set up. Anyways, this is this is for off camera, but uh yeah, well, I'll shut up about it. Now. But it's but hot. no, thank you for tuning in. There's all these things you gotta fucking I wanna just have it set up so that I could just have it set up. But anyways, my friend Duncan texted me, but I'm not looking at my chat or the comments or whatever, like or my text messages, I'm just doing the stream, so I didn't know, so I didn't see the message. I wouldn't have seen your message, because I'm such an idiot. I didn't have, like, Windows up monitoring the audience or whatever. Anyways, I was able to, I learned my lesson. I need to make sure everything works, number one. But the other thing was, like, I ended up having uh, a, a little bit of, information and just putting out a five minute episode so it was like kind of fun to be like make something really short that i think is like pretty decent so i the cool. whole long thing was uh dumb and stupid and the short thing is good <laughs> it edited <laughs> well to check out the short one i guess it's the only one that you can okay find. check it's out that one great.com uh and uh, wherever you get your podcast all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Check out all of our stuff, and um, we'll talk to you later. Yo, Joe. Dag. Loosey goosey uh, back then. Loosey goosey, as we like to say. Oh, that's a little offensive to gooseys. <laughs>